You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the series finale of Star Wars Resistance, mm. The Escape, Parts 1 and 2. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's up, Mike, Star Wars fans? And you know, Mike, it's like here we are. Yep. You know, we just closed the book on the sequel trilogy and possibly this, the the Skywalker, uh, you know, I guess nine series. Uh, and now we're closing the book on mm-hmm. Resistance and a series finale that for me, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but a series yep. that was like, like, you know, we're going to talk about this, but a series possibly that was overall for me, um, it was okay. And, yeah. and again, we'll talk about that as we get through this uh, series finale. But man, here we are. You know, like I said, it's been a it's kind of a crazy time with uh, two. You know, the, like I said, the ending of a of the sequel trilogy and the Resistance here within almost a month of each other. So it's you know, here yeah. we are. It's, yeah, it's it's been it's been a crazy couple of months for me with uh, uh, the launch of Disney Plus. Um, and obviously the Mandalorian with that, we launched the new podcast faster, more intense alongside that. Um, and then the, uh, crisis on infinite earths happened, uh, or the, at least the first half of it happened and mm. then rise of Skywalker happened <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and then the, the finale of crisis on infinite earths. And then tonight, as we record this on Tuesday night, uh, it, it is uh, what it's it's Tuesday the 28th right it's the mm. it's yeah. the finale of Arrow the series finale of Arrow as I record the series finale episode of Star mm-hmm. Wars Resistance and all throughout that Resistance didn't stop airing episodes so I have not gotten a break since Resistance started airing I haven't mm. normally Christmas we get like two to three weeks off from right. podcasting, right? Arrow goes on hiatus, Resistance or Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever goes on hiatus, right? Um, obviously, Mandalorian went right up until uh, uh, the the Friday following Christmas, the 28th. 
Um, so I guess it's, it's been done for a month. I, but at least like it, like I was like, Oh, well there'll be like a couple week reprieve in here. Nope. Resistance <laughs> all the way throughout. Um, and yeah, everything kind of coming to a close in the same, within the same sort of four days, three mm-hmm. days. It's, it's, I, uh, it's, it's been a little bit nuts. I'm going to really enjoy taking the next few weeks off. Although when I say taking them off, um, I have to get everything ready uh, for when the Clone Wars returns on February 21st, which is one of our pieces of news. Um, yeah. Previously, I think we had reported that it was going to come back on what the 17th. 17th was the big um, that was yeah. what that was what was in that Disney Now. Um, no Disney Now, not Disney Now. Um, oh my Disney. Yeah. Oh my it Disney. A- I think. A video it said february 17th but then i i for one reason or another either that was incorrect or it got pushed to the 21st which is the friday um and and the trailer uh for clone wars which was was the trailer out last week when we recorded no that's right it dropped no. the morning after we the next recorded. day that's right, why we're talking about it for the first time yeah so of course it did. Yeah, yeah i guess we haven't <laughs> talked about the trailer so let's talk about that Clone yeah. Wars season seven trailer dropped last week. Um, showed us, I mean, like honestly, like it showed us more of what we already know we're getting. Right. Um, there's there. It's a phenomenal trailer, but um, for I think for us, wholly unnecessary. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah, like we're, it's, we're so close now. It's like just leave us alone. Just give it to us. Yeah. Um, don't uh, don't give anything away. Although there are some great moments in there with Darth Maul, with Ahsoka, with Anakin and Obi Wan. Um, it's I, it's going to be a very very good uh, final few episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. But uh, the the official word now is that it is February twenty first, and that trailer says starts streaming February twenty first. Mm-hmm. So that says to me that we're going to get this weekly no yeah i don't i can't find any official announcements i thought it was confirmed no was it okay i haven't been able to find anything anything official to confirm that um and i and i have tried asking but uh uh in any case i that's what it seems to be um so yeah I really looking forward to the return of Clone Wars. Really excited if it is going to be week to week, so that we don't have to binge it. We can enjoy it one episode at a time and just kind of let them soak a little bit, right? Yeah, Um, right. And then and then cover them. And and that the great thing about that is that we will cover them as they are released, and and you guys will have that coverage. Uh, um, And that's. That that works out the best for us, um, for sure. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, what's not to look forward to with the return of the Clone Wars? Um, the only <laughs> yeah. the only bad thing about the return of the Clone Wars is that it is the final season. Um, yeah. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of the series uh, brings with it the the first trailer for whatever is coming next. Oh, the um, thing. Now, yeah. the reports are saying that that Rebels sequel series is coming later this year, targeting winter 2020. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Man, I will be surprised. I will be very surprised if that's what we end up with. But 
I've been surprised before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, uh, uh, it's it continues to be reported on. There were some delays with Obi Wan. We don't need to get into that because that, this isn't the right show for that. Right. But all I'm gonna say about Obi Wan is everybody relax. Just yeah. just calm calm your Kenobi's because <laughs> uh, the show is happening. It's not not going to happen. It, it's it has to for uh, 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 the Star Wars franchise. They need it. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I think one one thing that could be happening is that uh, they, they might be pivoting away from some some material that they were going to focus on. One of the, the reports about that has said that it, it was a little bit too similar to the Mandalorian. Mandalorian yeah. um, so they're actually just going to kind of retool that a little bit and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and tweak it. But look like rogue one, maybe not the best example coming from me. Cause, cause everybody knows how I feel about that movie, but it, it went through so many revisions and so oh, many yeah. people think of rogue one as the, the, the kind of be all end all of the Disney era. Um, I, it's, I think it'll be fine. I, 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 like Ewan McGregor has read the scripts. He says that they're great. Um, I don't think that he would blow smoke. Uh, I think he would just avoid that part of the conversation. He says mm. that un unquestioned, right? Like he kind of freely gives that, that in, in these interviews and says like, Oh, the, the scripts are awesome. Like uh, they're great. They just want to make them better. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm sure that, that this is having to do with, the shift in direction that um, that that all of Star Wars is kind of going under now, um, post Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. uh, it just it, it yeah, it, I think everything will be fine. <laughs> um, they're 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 basically pushing. Uh, production was supposed to start in um, in the summer, and I think now it's being pushed to the fall next year yeah, uh, or early next year so but he like ewan mcgregor says that they're still targeting the same air date so um that's what's the takeaway from it is like of all this it's the same target air date so they're just filming it a little later yeah i'll tell you something big that that is coming out of this and i guarantee it have you seen those pictures of the mandalorian set um, you know what? I All saw these b- something behind the scenes to... images. So if anybody hasn't seen them, these behind the scenes images show off the the volume, the this this new technique that John Favreau. Oh yeah, yeah, has yeah. been pioneering. Sure. Um, and that, that they used on the Mandalorian. And when you see these sets and the way that they did this with the with the rear projection. Um, LED stuff and 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 sort of just basically creating an a video game environment projected around the characters. Um, when you move outside of the frame, sort of thing, it's like holy smokes, this is smoke and mirrors. But when the camera's in the right spot and right. they do all of these things to to match the foreground elements and the characters with the background. Um, it's just this incredible, I mean, like, like they show you shots from the other side of the camera, um, they knowing that they use this technology 
having watched the entire season, I I'm blown away at like at the, yeah. the level of this technology and how convincing it is. I guarantee you one of the things that they are focusing on and one of the reasons why production was shut down in London and they're going to pick it back up is that they're going, oh, we can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. We thought we had to keep it to X. We can actually do X times X <laughs> because this technology is showing, is proving that that we can have that production level that we would have on the films without having to go anywhere. So now all of a sudden, Obi-Wan doesn't have to be uh, in Mos Eisley or in his hovel for the whole story. Now we can go out on the Gemini race. Right. Now yeah. we can go out and we can do these things. We can we can explore Tatooine with him a little bit. Like I, I guarantee that's what will end up coming out of this, is that they want to do that. And I think possibly they want to connect it to the Project Luminous stuff a little bit more. Because Project yeah, Luminous right. is the is the yeah. the next phase of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um and the a lot of the reports, a lot of the new content, the Kylo Ren comic being being first and foremost, uh, is pointing towards this High Republic era, right. which is 400 years before the Skywalker saga, so before the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the, the more you think about it, the more it starts to make sense. Again, all of this, a lot of this in detail is conversations for faster, more intense when we get back in there and start talking on that podcast. But, um, which we will sooner rather than later. I'm not, we're not going to wait until the clone wars is done. Um, before we do that, we'll jump in there when there's a little bit more to talk about. But, um, when you think about baby Yoda, the child, when you think about, the mention of the High Republic era in the Kylo Ren comic. There are some other novels and stuff back. I think the Aftermath trilogy possibly mentioned the High Republic era. Like, I, I, maybe it was Master and Apprentice. I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on the details um, off the top of my head, but, but there have been about three or four mentions of the High Republic era and mm. then the concept and, <laughs> So Mm. this is digging deep and this is a lot of speculation, but people might remember a couple of years ago, there were rumors that there was a a young Yoda series in the works. Mm. You remember that? Yeah. It was just whispers at the time. Yeah. And if you think about it, Yoda's 900 during the Skywalker saga, 400 years before means that he's 500 during the High Republic era, meaning that it is completely logical that we would see Yoda as either a younger Jedi Master or possibly even a Jedi Knight at the time, and that we would get to see a young, uh, in his prime, Jedi Knight Yoda um, as part of this story. Now, would he be the main character? Probably not. I don't I think they would want Frank Oz to be a part of that. I don't think Frank Oz would want to carry a series or a movie or a, a, a new uh, uh, sort of spin-off franchise, right? But could he be a character that shows up on a regular basis? 
I uh, absolutely could he be a yeah. character that plays an integral role to a story? Absolutely. Like Clone Wars, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like uh, having Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian is a really great setup to that idea of like we're so used to seeing Yoda as an old man. Now we're used to seeing a, a juvenile version, a, an infant version of of that character toddler i guess not infant um let's fill in the other gap which is like a a, a young adult version of yoda um mm-hmm. and and see what that looks like and i i i mean like that just it just makes sense it would be a great touchstone um nothing else in that era would necessarily connect iconog like from an iconography standpoint because all the ships would be different all of the the locations, uh, the Jedi temple would be the same. Right. But people are saying like, Oh, they could go to Jeddah and we could see Jeddah before the statues are all toppled and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We could see Ilum, uh, before that, that temple is kind of lost to time. Um, and, uh, and jump back in and kind of see all of these different things. So I don't know. I mean, this is all speculation at the moment. There are rumors and 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 thought pieces out there, but uh, yeah. uh, apparently we're supposed to find out some of this stuff soon. So, so I like the way you know you talk about Yoda coming in, and and this is a way to go way back. You know, you want to get away from Skywalker. You start. We want to start with something super fresh, which is great. But then you also have just that one thing yep. that kind of ties you into, you know, the the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, and you know, this whole saga that we've just you know finished. So yeah. that's kind of a cool way to do I it. Mean, you know, you can, so Yoda in Revenge of the Sith, good relations I have with the Wookiees. What if we saw that? What yeah. if we saw Tarful yeah. at <laughs> Chewie's age, right? Because yeah. Tarful is or, uh, like the, the the war chief or whatever in Revenge of the Sith. He's in charge. But what if we saw him when he was a young Wookiee alongside young Yoda and we see where that relationship is forged, right? What, what if we saw... Uh, Mandalore uh, uh, sort of in its prime, right? Like, uh-huh. I, I'd have to look at it and, and, and um, oh the man, timeline a bit. Uh, what's the, what's the, uh, is it Tarvisla? Yeah. Yeah, he was on that, that uh, was Tar- the first Vizla. Mandalorian? Yeah. Uh, Jedi? The, the first Mandalorian Jedi. Like, let's take a yeah. look and mm-hmm. see when did Tarvisla live? Do we know? Well, they mentioned what thousand years. Uh, I thought it was, or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, this was one of a kind. Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tarvis, yeah. the first mm-hmm. Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. So, I mean, like, look, legend tells that it was over a thousand years ago. Yeah. Um, which is old Republic era, right? But, but, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows what truth we could discover there? So, mm-hmm. yeah. um. Yeah, I, th- there's there's lots of room for for a lot of these different things, um, and it'll be Project Luminous is bigger than than a movie or a Disney Plus series. Or Sounds a, like it, yeah. Or a comic book. It's kind of everything, right? Sounds pretty um, big, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think that we'll see some stuff soon. I they they have to start announcing things quickly because uh, Clone Wars and The Mandalorian aren't aren't gonna cut it. I think. For the rest of 2020, and of course we know, we know we're gonna it's Star Wars celebration in August. I booked my hotel. I, uh, I so 
yeah, like we got Star Wars Celebration coming up. Um, they got to have something to talk about at Star Wars. Celebration. I know that's they what you're to. saying. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have Mandalorian, obviously, yeah. um, but and possibly a new series announcement. We were supposed to get that in January. I remember hearing rumors about oh they're gonna announce the next director and, and yeah. project, but yeah. that hasn't happened. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Like you said, we got uh, Clone Wars coming back in a few weeks, and like you said, great, great trailer, great poster. Um, everybody's super. You know what's crazy? And watching that trailer, Mikey, just like it's been what since 2014 that we've seen anything, I think. And, and it's just like mm-hmm. the the difference between watching that for me and and watching something like Resistance is just like for me, it's just man, light years. It's you know what I mean as far as content and how excited i am it's just so far so far above uh resistance but again like i said we'll talk about resistance and its uh place in the star wars saga i guess here in in a few minutes uh you you also mentioned um the live action models of the fireball and all that yeah you wanted to mention that it's really cool stuff Yeah. yeah so um along with the uh with with the the sort of buckets list and and uh behind the scenes stuff for this uh, for this episode for the two parter, um, they released the uh, the images of the live action models of the Fireball uh, Yeager's ship and mm-hmm. and uh, Taurus ship, Taurus ship yeah. Um, yeah. because they were in fact present at the Battle of Exegol. Um, I so know what say. you're I know what you're thinking. This is great news because that's what Mike wanted, right? He wanted those ships to be present at the Battle of Exegol. No, I'm more upset now because they look fantastic. (laughs) These models look phenomenal. And some artists worked and, and put love and attention into it so that we would see them on screen and go, heck yeah. And then what did we get? Nothing. Zilch. I don't <laughs> care that they are counted amongst the 14,000 ships. Okay? Like, 13,995 of those ships should be nameless, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, because just people that came. Yeah. And, and, you know. and then the other, the other five ships... Whatever I did, I don't know if I the math is did the math right on that when I said that number. But whatever, the yeah. remaining five or ten ships, like like however many ships, uh, you want you want to be named characters other than the ones that were already present, like the ones that all joined them should be like the Falcon, the Ghost, the Shadowcaster, the Fireball, Jarek's ship. Although like this is this is the yeah. thing that that I find the most upsetting about all of this, Jarek's ship. I, I, Taurus ship, none of the aces, they don't have names. The mm. ships don't have names. It's just the yeah. fireball. That just has the fireball, yeah. That's true. And that's, it just, I know that I said that I was going to be positive about Star Wars Resistance, and I am. I'm going to be positive about, about the actual show. But talking about the way that this show has been treated from the outset, it is. So frustrating to me <laughs> yeah. that we are so close to something that was great, something that hit the levels of Clone Wars and Rebels. This week's episodes, the series finale, shows that, that we could have. Mm-hmm. 
could have been there last week, this week, the week before with the two parter. Like these last five episodes of Star Wars Resistance are what we wanted from the show, um, and it shows that like it it could have gotten there. But the fact that Lucasfilm, nobody at Lucasfilm went, "Hey, how are we going to sell action figures if these ships don't have names?" Mm. What you just want to yeah. put Jarek Yeager's ship on the side of the box? <laughs> the the yeah. one ship is called the Fireball. Why don't we call his ship the Lightning Dagger? Or like like why don't we just give them some names, right? So that yeah. the ships have some importance and some weight to them. And seeing them listed on this page as like when you click into them, uh, like there's there isn't even like there's no like description of the ships or anything. It's just, it's, it's the fireball, Jarek Eager's racer and Toradoza's ship. Mm. It like, like we don't even have model names for these ships. Yeah. We don't even like, come on. Like this is like 1980s star mm. Wars fandom level of like, can you tell us what these different things are called? Cause we want to know for our role playing <laughs> games and video games and action figures and, and whatnot right like it just it's it's so upsetting to me that there are some people that put a lot of work into this yeah and then there's this disconnect with the rest of lucasfilm and disney i think where they go like well we can't sell that anyways Mm -hmm. so because they can't sell it it's it's just not I don't know. It's just not worth it. I guess I. I don't know. It just feels like there, there's, there's just this huge disservice to, to, the craft that that did go into this show and 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 exploring the things about it that were great. Um, yeah. And yeah, to see these ships in this, like beautiful rendering. I mean, like the fireball looks fantastic. It looks so good, right down to like there. The gorg is painted on the side of it, in the same style that it is in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I would I just would have loved to have seen these, at least get close ups, right? Yeah. But they there was something that they did in Rise of Skywalker that um I think is the key here. And it, I think I said this in our in our review, in our faster on faster more intense. Uh, they chickened out. Lucasfilm, JJ, everybody chickened out and didn't show the Jedi, right? And I I know that the conversation was along the lines of like, well, we want to have if we want to include the animated characters, we can't show them. Because they're animated characters and we don't have actors and blah 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 and we wanna not we don't wanna pigeonhole ourselves or we don't wanna show those characters in live action because then or the audience most of the audience won't know who these people are. They'll be confused who's that supposed to be. Well, first off, that's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But also those voices go by at such a clip. The first time you yeah. watch that movie, the general audience, I don't even think that most people are clocking like, oh, that was Mace Windu. Of course not. Yeah, A character no. that they spent three movies listening to. Yeah. 
right? No. Because the character certainly didn't do anything. All he did was talk. So we should be familiar with his voice. Also, he's Sam Jackson. But if it's like pulling out Obi-Wan's voice is, is easy enough because Ewan McGregor is so distinctive. Obi-Wan is so distinctive. Yoda, obviously. Anakin, a little bit less so. Ahsoka is almost lost in there. Mace Windu is lost in there. And then you start getting into Kiati Mundi, right? Yeah. Like you get yeah. into, you get into like, I, I, and then like characters that were in the live action, but voiced by, by the animated side of it. So you get Ayla Sakura, you get uh, Adi Galea. Kane like Jairus, yeah. And then you get into the characters who've only existed in animation, like Kanan and, mm. and Ahsoka. And it's like, like, I w- I will be honest. The first time around, I didn't notice Kanan in there. I didn't either. No, right. Either. It wasn't yeah. until somebody like I went online and I saw, yeah. okay, these are the breakdown of everybody. And then I went back and saw it the second time that when I did hear Kanan, mm-hmm. and and his his line specifically, which is, uh, uh, the Jedi's power. What what is it? It's the Jedi's. Heart is like their strength or something like that. It's something. It's very Kane and Jarrus. Yeah. Um. Uh. In the Jedi's huh. heart lies their powers or lies their strength or something like that. Um. And and then when you hear it, you're like, okay, yeah, awesome. How much better would it have been to see them? This is the same thing. A. Most people wouldn't have understood who these ships were, right? With them getting a cameo. Yeah. And and B. They wouldn't care though. And be well, they wouldn't care. So, like, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It's just, oh, yeah. look at those cool ships. Yeah. But be, if you could see inside the cockpits, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. But it yeah. doesn't matter because they have helmets. Yeah. Right. Like, it's they they chickened out. They chickened out like flat out. They they got scared that they weren't going to be able to pull something off, and instead of being bold and doing what they did in Rogue One, where it's like, we're going to end this movie with Darth Vader slicing and dicing and then handing the plans to Leia. Yeah. We're going to have Tarkin throughout this film. Those are bold choices. There are a lot of things that I will go at Rogue One for. Those aren't them because no. those yeah. are George Lucas level swings for the fence. Right. Like that, that is the sort of like, like, look, I'm going to put this Jar Jar character in this movie, <laughs> hell or high water. Yeah. We're going to do a fully digital character. That's and, a bold choice. And yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to distract from the fact that he's a cartoon by making him act like a cartoon. Right. Like, like those are George Lucas choices and having Vader do what he does at the end of Rogue One is a, is a, is a George Lucas choice. I would even say having a lot of the choices that are in the last Jedi, um, a lot <laughs> space cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a George yeah. Lucas thing for sure. A hundred percent. That's bold. That's a decision. Um, destroying the Skywalker lightsaber, ramming the, the, uh, the, the, the Radis through the supremacy. That's a bold George Lucas style decision. Like, give us some stuff that shows that Star Wars has guts and that mm. it's that it is willing to push the envelope on 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 what we'll believe. Shooting a whole bunch of lightning into the sky is not 
a bold choice in my opinion. It's an easy out. Um, it's a it's a weird. It's a it, to me it was just a weird like plot device moment. It just oh my god. I, I don't want to get into the rise of Skywalker. I it I always end up sounding <laughs> like I hate the movie. I love that movie up until the final act, and then other than the Ray and Ben stuff, I the rest of it is just so. I'm I'm gonna use the word disrespectful. I just think that it is to the audience. I think like we're gonna get into to the escape in a second here, but I'm gonna start off that part of the conversation by saying the space battle at the end of these two episodes is by far one of the best space battles in Star Wars. Mm, like high like praise. like this ranks up with the first Death Star battle. Like like. I care about these characters. The stakes are really clear. The objectives are really clear. The visuals are stunning and easy to follow. Like it's all, it's everything to me that that space battle and the ground battle in the rise of Skywalker was not right. Yeah. It just uh, like, yeah. Uh, uh, Let's, let's, let's be, I'm going to make it black and white. With this one, it's like okay, you got we got our three characters on the star destroyer. They're shutting stuff down. They're sabotaging stuff. Actually, four because CB twenty three is there as well. CB twenty three doing the majority of the work. They're shutting stuff down. They're 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 scrambling things. Like they're they're messing with the first order. That's the only reason that we win, right? That's all happening. So that's your ground battle aspect. And every time it's like we got to go do this thing because that's going to do this. And here's the clear effect of what that's going to do. We got to shut down the shield generator. We shut down mm. the shield generator. Then those fighters can actually do some damage. Right. right. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to get back to the hangar. We have to evacuate before the ship blows up. Right. Like super clear stuff. On the outside of of the battle, we have to take out the engines on this star destroyer. Or they're they're just gonna follow us, mm-hmm. right? Like if we can if we can take that out, like that's the weak point on the star destroyer. We can't take down the shields, so that's what we got to go for. We got to just hammer it and hope that it works. And then obviously the two things come together, and it ends up being great, right? But in the midst of that, we have a space battle going on that that is meaningful, yeah. right? With characters that that we care about with with Tora and Vanessa and 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 the rest of the aces and and our our uh, other resistance pilots that have come in Norath and like we care about these characters so and they're and and not all of them get moments but like enough of them get to to chime in and say you know like oh we're doing this we're doing that and we, and then we're constantly checking back in with the colossus our shields are at 30% we got to hurry up and do this we we have to give them more time like mm, uh, yeah. it, it's it has all of the elements all of the cross cutting the pace is a little bit slow that's my only critique with it but other yeah. than that it is yeah. spot on yeah. And that's why I say, like, I put it on par with the, the first Death Star. Because the pace on the first Death Star, when you then compare that to uh, the attack on the de- second Death Star, or the Battle of Endor, right? When you compare that to the Battle of Hoth, which isn't a space battle, I know, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a battle. Snowspeeders are kind of like fighters. Yeah. And that's kind of the space battle of that movie. That's just turned on its head, right? Um, 
when we talk about the the um the force awakens or we talk about uh, uh like i would put this one above the phantom menace right like the phantom yeah, menace is yeah. good but i care way more what's happening in this and there's way more going on in this one than there is in the phantom menace if we're just talking about the space battle yeah right it's just droids against well droids against or, you know, but Anakin we don't, and a few others. But other yeah, than, I, I other than Anakin and Rick O'Lee, we don't care yeah. about the rest of those pilots, right? Like, right. if they yeah. die, they die. Who cares? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. Like, it, so I just go back to it. It's like, for all the bumps in the show that that we've gone through, it's like sort of these weird things. And, and there's a couple of comments in our mailbag that we'll get to that, um, that, that I'll talk about a little bit. But... Uh, the nature of a lot of my complaints at this stage have more to do with the fact that the show didn't get a third season than with the two seasons that we got. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess with that, like, let's, we've kind of already started. Let's jump yep. into the recap. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. No! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. All right, yeah, we'll start with part one of The Escape, directed by Stuart Lee and Brad Rao, uh, respectively, uh, and then written by Brandon Alman. I'll start it off by <clears throat> Tam and Jace race to a viewport when their Star Destroyer reaches its destination, and Revora is surprised to see that they've returned to Aeos. Suddenly, an entire fleet of Star Destroyers arrives, opening fire on the village that helped the Resistance. Disgusted at the slaughter of innocent civilians, Tam uh, Tam runs away. So, yeah, Tam and uh, with Jace here, and they're in their quarters on the Star Destroyer. And uh, Jace talks about this big mission, right? He's talking about a big mission as they arrive on Aos. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Back to Aos, huh? And uh, it's not just them, but I counted like over a dozen Star Destroyers uh, converge on this planet, and they just start firing on this thing. And, and here's where Tam she she says, you know, all this innocent, uh, all these innocent people here, and that's where her turn. And I was just like, wait, is this is this the finally the turn? I didn't know if it was going to be like a real thing or if she's still going to hit him and haw about it. But this was the turn that this was the straw, I guess, Mike, that that uh, broke the camel's back on her turn to uh, away from the. Uh, first order so yeah so if you remember uh uh, last week maybe a couple weeks ago i had said like oh this will be the thing that tells us whether or not this season like the series got cut short um is is how quickly this all of a sudden happens and it and it does it does all it, it i mean it is at the same time that this happens in a heartbeat and it's like okay Yes, it is the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's not. It's it's obviously not one thing. It's it was a series of things, but um, 
it's not that she has made her decision. It's how quickly it goes from her going like, I don't, I'm not a part of this. I don't want to be a part of this anymore to her putting her plan into action and, and, and being like, I'm going back to the Colossus. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, I think that they made up for that by having her plan not be entirely great or well thought through. Like Mm. the fact that she's got Jace in the ship with her um, and all of that stuff. It's like, you get, you get the sense of like, Tam really didn't think about this. (laughs) She made a decision because Mm. she was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, So a lot of the, a lot of her motivation was out of desperation. Um, And, and that is kind of the saving grace of it. That, that helps me um, forgive it. But I do think, I do think that this turn kind of comes uh, uh, pretty quick. Um, and, uh, I, cause, cause honestly it is over the last five episodes, right? Um, yeah, I definitely been hints of it. Yeah. This sure. is one of those things where if anybody asks me if they should watch star Wars resistance, I'll say, yeah, wait for season two on Disney plus, And I'll give you a list of basically 10 episodes to watch. Yeah. And, and if you watch these 10 episodes, you'll have everything you needed from star Wars resistance um, in order to to be cool with with whatever comes next, if these characters ever show up again, hmm. um, yeah. here here is the the number one thing that indicates that this show didn't get to run its full course. Okay, here's the number one piece. Are you ready for it? Okay, here we go. Hit me. Hondo Onaka never shows up. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Come on. We dealt with pirates a lot. And Hondo Onaka, the greatest pirate in the galaxy, never shows up. Mm. That's all I need to say. That's all I need to say. And 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 here's the thing: he would have been in season three. You know why he would have been in season three? Because that's when that's the time period where Galaxy's Edge is a thing. Yeah. Right. Like like the when you enter Galaxy's Edge at, at Disneyland or Disney World. You are entering that time period. You are entering the time period between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And in that time period, at at a certain point, Chewie lends the Falcon to Hondo, and that's why you get to fly the Falcon in Smuggler's Run, right? Because mm-hmm. Hondo has, has temporary ownership of it i i in exchange for some help like uh, him helping the resistance um and that like that's all part of the story how could if we had gotten a season three and we had met up with the 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 (laughs) resistance like after dealing with Mm. with agent tyranny and all of that and and getting rid of pyre then the next thing would have been like okay we got to meet up with the resistance and we that's this is this is what we would have done. This is mm. what we would have done. Yeah. Didn't wasn't yeah. he wasn't he gonna meet Norath near Batu? Yeah. Was, that, that was, was a plan. couple a yeah. couple of weeks ago, right? That was the plan. Yeah. Or last meet week. Meeting over here. Yeah, yeah. It was like he was gonna meet him just outside, the, like the the Batu system, which says to me that like obviously Jade Squadron has been operating out of Black Spire, <laughs> right? Like, and this yeah. that means that they they. You know, we're right on the the edge of that storyline. How cool would it have been to have seen 
that story take place in Star Wars Resistance. Anyways, we'll never get it, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Let me continue. Yeah, a maintenance sure. mouse droid jams Tam in her quarters. Is a jams joins Tam in her quarters to perform a system upgrade, but Tam sees an opportunity. She opens up the outer casing of the unit, quickly reprogramming it. Now you're going to help me get out of here, she says. So she she kind of Han solos this whole story. She's kind of kind of making it up as she goes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and I like it. I it, yeah it. I really liked these two episodes. It's just like the end of last season where it's like all of a sudden we finished on this high note and I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's get more of that. But, but you know what the saving grace is? <laughs> we don't have a season three to come back to, to disappoint me. So what is in my head is always yeah. going to be better than what we would have gotten. That's, and that's not a knock against resistance. That's just the reality of anything. Right? Uh, What's in our heads yeah. is always going to be better not always. Sometimes we get surprised. It's so rare, though. It's yeah. so rare that we get sort of knocked on our, on our back on our seats when something is is better or something different than than what we expect when we have such high expectations. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, go ahead. You can continue. Yeah, I was just saying. This is when she's tinkering with this mouse droid. She says, "You know, you're going to help me get out of here." That was just kind of like again for me. I was like, "Okay, she's." finally made up her mind and and you were talking about uh watching this show uh get your 10 episodes ready because 25th of february when it drops on disney plus so you'll be able to catch up if you haven't been watching this on disney plus on the 25th of february uh, here we go meanwhile agent tyranny and commander power report back to general hux but find Supreme Leader Kylo Ren waiting. Their failure to deal with the Colossus has not escaped his attention. Reaching out through the Force, he influences the two to stand at a point their blasters at each other. Now, do you understand? He asks ominously. And here we go, Mike. Um, finally, we got Kylo Ren in the series. Supreme. So he, they call him Supreme Leader, so we can kind of, obviously this is after uh, the events of um, The Last Jedi. And Tyranny Empire uh, are forced quote unquote to uh, draw weapons at each other and, and for me this was I just love this scene and is it fan service I don't know I loved it I'm a fan I don't know if you call it fan service but I just thought it was great to tie him in here show his power um, just bring some of that you know gravitas to this series and like oh man I, and I think this is some of the stuff that you said earlier about what we could have seen um if they had done it just a little bit differently, or maybe if this series would have went another another season or something like that. But for me, I just love seeing Kylo Ren in this. What do you think, Ian? The the it's been so interesting to see how the sequel trilogy has unfolded and how Lucasfilm has handled um, Star Wars in this environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very different from what George used to do, which was. Uh, I want, we're going to make this movie and then we're going to make the next movie and everything that comes out between this movie and the next movie is going to fill in the gaps between those movies. Mm. Right? So yeah. we get all sorts of uh, uh, novelizations. and stuff. I mean, like, think about the number of books. Obviously, it's three years and not two years, so there's there's a little bit more room. But at the same time, think about all of the content that we got post-episode one in the lead up to episode two. I mean, some of that stuff was prequel to episode one type of content. There's um, 
there's a really great comic book series called Star Wars Jedi Council that is uh, uh, basically one of the last main stories um, that takes place with the Jedi Council before um, before Episode One, and it involves uh, a, a planet that's mining Cortosis, and they're building droids out of it, and and weapons and stuff like that. And Cortosis interferes with lightsabers and stuff. And so there's cool stuff there. But there was so much stuff with like giving us the filling in the gaps with Anakin and Obi Wan. Um between episode one and episode two there were junior novelization sort of things like like ya novels and kids novels um Mm. and and other stuff that 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 told stories in those gaps and then obviously between episode two and episode three the the clone Wars stuff was just everywhere right like we were hit so hard with I don't know. There's like six or seven novels. There were comic mm, books. Yeah. There was the Kennedy Tartakovsky series. Yeah. There, there's, there was a video game. That like there were so many different avenues for you to learn more about the galaxy and those characters in between those films. When we look at, at the the stories told between. TFA and 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 the last Jedi and and Rise uh it's few and far between and what we do get is often vague or um kind of off to the side and it's like like Ray in particular is is handled with such kid gloves mm-hmm. of like her character is almost not even in rise of the resistance and it's as much as the reveal of the fact that Leia was training her in, um, in the movie was really great. It would have been really cool if we would have cracked open that book and discovered within the first hundred pages that like, Oh, Oh, Leia Leia's been training Ray. That's mm. interesting. I have so many questions. And then for the movie to answer those questions. Right? So the movie audience, yeah. it would have been them finding out for the first time. But then for us, it would have been the continuation of a story. Right? And Resistance is such a great example of that where it's like, okay, we were allowed to use Poe when it was in the lead up to. Uh, the force awakens because it's not going to interfere with any movie storylines and Poe of the three of them has the least to affect, mm-hmm. right? Cause he's just a pilot. Yeah. I say that you guys know, I love Poe Dameron, but, but like in terms of his, his effect on the larger narrative, uh, he's there. <laughs> he yeah. helps. Certainly they wouldn't have survived without Poe Dameron, but, um, the fate of the galaxy isn't in his hands. It's in it's in Ray's hands, and to a lesser extent, with with Finn, right? So um, he's a little bit safer. Uh, but and then it's like, okay, we can use Hux. Well, what are we gonna use Hux for? We're just gonna use his existing voiceover. And it's not until this episode that we finally get to see Kylo Ren, and uh, it, I really love they call him Supreme Leader. Um, it tells us exactly where we are. We're post yeah. the last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's, uh, the, the, what he does is fantastic. I think that the voice was a little far off for my liking. 
Um, I, yeah. It feels like they rushed to get something in there, and uh, and it was like, okay, Matthew Wood does a good enough. Yeah, it was Kylo Ren, Ren yeah. but yeah. it was like heavily modulated, and and sort of like like there were a lot of effects over top of it. Um, so it's yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, if you guys had just got like. I, I think of like Ian Abercrombie who who did the voice of of Palpatine, Palpatine. in the Clone yeah. Wars, mm-hmm. and he did not do an Ian McDiarmid impersonation, right? right? Um, Matt Lanter didn't do a Hayden Christensen impersonation, right? Cat Tabor didn't do Natalie Portman. They played the characters, right? And I wish that they would have that they would have done that had somebody come in that, that could do that a little bit because i i appreciate matt wood i i i think that he has an incredible talent when it comes to the sound aspect of it um i understand <laughs> i understand how he ended up becoming general grievous but can we all agree that the decision making process of that and the person who made the decision ultimately is a little suspect. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. he does obviously like Grievous is iconic. So he does a great job. But would it have been better if we had gotten an actual actor in there and not Matt Wood who is a a sound designer, a sound engineer? Yeah. Right. Like, right. I, I, it's difficult to say. I'm not trying to knock Matt Wood or like insult him or say that he's that, that it's like, oh, he's a sucky actor. I don't think he's a sucky actor. In fact, one of my favorite characters in Star Wars is Roger. And right. that, like, that's <laughs> yeah. all him. Yeah, that's 100 percent Matt Wood. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the character of Roger. <clears throat> and I do think like that he has a, a talent for that type of character. I would have liked somebody else doing Kylo Ren here. And it's really a shame that it's not Adam Driver that they didn't mm. just grab. It's like what? It's like five lines. I know it's not hardly anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just you're just kind of like you got Oscar Isaac. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Have... Like you've got like you, you're gonna have him in the booth to do ADR for Rise of Skywalker. Get him to record this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I yeah, I mean like the the vo- voice performance aside. Which I think Matt Wood did as good as as uh, yeah, his talent yeah. w- was was sure. able to 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 get him, right? Which which again is not bad. I think that he did a good job. I just think of like how much more nuanced and how much more more interesting that performance obviously would have been out of Adam Driver himself, um, yeah. because Adam Driver is. Uh, I mean, like in twenty years, we'll be looking at Adam Driver as one of those actors that it's like like come on and it's yeah. gonna be like oh yeah you remember when he was in star wars <laughs> um yeah and and I've, i said it in our rise review i like i didn't think that i was gonna i didn't think i could be okay with the redemption of ben solo and the, i don't think that it was the writing that made me okay with it i think it was him it was him yeah i know he i totally agree with you yeah nailed it yeah, he no, nailed right. it in that yeah. scene with Harrison Ford, and and in that jump and looking at the camera, saying and that shrug. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, like I I don't like Kylo Ren. I love Ben Solo. 
Yeah, I love I, that. I, game. I hear you. I hear you. Um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I. You want me to continue here? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I just want to say the moment of them like pointing their guns at each other against their will. It's, yeah. It Ooh. was. That was good Star Wars. That's some good yeah. Star Wars. That's some Vader level nonsense. I love yeah. it. Um, totally, yeah. totally here for that. Uh, as the two, we gotta we gotta crank through this. We got two recaps. Okay. As the two leave Tyranny's office, Tam and her little companion sneak in. Rivora accesses a compartment in Tierney's desk and finds her confiscated comlink. She absconds with it to her quarters and uses the mouse droid to reactivate her device. Uh, whoever is writing these these uh, the the descriptions that go along with the image gallery had some fun writing this episode's <laughs> recap because like that yeah. Yeah, there were some fun same. words to say in there. Tam and rewards him. Uh, on the Colossus, Kaz's comlink begins to sound. It's a message for Tam, and Nico translate it as "Meet me in three cycles in the place where Bebo lives." Kaz, however, understands what the communication really means. Tam wants to leave the First Order and meet on Castellan. So there you go. Uh, calmly starts beeping. You know he's in there fixing the fireball, and they figure out that Tam wants to defect and meet on uh, on castellan so it's it's happening here we go and and and, and well well here we go go ahead i was gonna say something about doza but it's right here in the next uh paragraph go ahead uh yeah though doza believes it's a trap <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. say that again it's a trap uh yeager <laughs> quickly points out that the captain himself once changed alliances which we just learned a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what the show should have been the whole time. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we got an episode where Griff is like, yeah, when me and Doza left the the empire because the empire was a bunch of jerks yeah and it's like and then here we are two two weeks later or four episodes later and it's like tam wants to defect from the first order well i don't trust her well would it, who trusted you when you wanted to defect okay fine right like that's some good storytelling that's good writing they've they had it in them the whole time but instead we were going on grocery runs half the <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> Doza begrudgingly agrees to the mission and grants Eager and Kaz use of a stolen First Order shuttle. This same First Order shuttle that they keep using. I love they, it. they keep using it, yeah. Uh, yeah. On the Star Destroyer, Tam readies her TIE fighter when Agent Tyranny approaches, asking what she's doing. Suspicious of Tam's excuse that her training exercise has changed hangers, Tyranny commands Jace to join, uh, his, uh, join his squadron leader. Sorry, I, I read that kind of wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is what I was gonna say about Doza's. Like we learned, uh, like you said, that you know earlier he kind of was the last episode. He kind of changed his mind um, about what was going on. Kind of, and, and again, he's still questioning himself a little bit here when he says, you know, I'm not convinced uh, that this is the right thing to do. But ultimately, he he agrees to uh, to do that. And Tyranny is also starting to get, you know, obviously she's been suspicious. And it was kind of one of those weird things. It's like we kind of we kind of debated that like or not debated but talked about how tyranny is either suspicious or this is part of her plan mm -hmm. you know it, it, so it kind of goes back and forth with her but um i'll continue on kaz and eager accompanied by cb23 arrive at castellan and dock at a racing ring while back on the star destroyer tyranny has made a, uh, has been made aware of tam's treachery Soon, Tam and uh, Jace and two flanking ties come to Castellan, and though Tam's orders uh, orders the other fighters to hold their fire, Rucklin spots Kaz and Eager. He frantically commands the other ships to attack, 
before Tam knocks him out. When the First Order craft won't stand down, Tam blasts him out of the sky, saving uh, her old friend. So here's one good thing about her being um, – she she gets promoted, and I, I forgot what it was. She's basically a squadron leader, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, squadron leader. So she could kind of make up – her own idea she can kind of make up her own training plan which she does here is like hey we're gonna go to Castellon. hey wink you know like oh here we go mm-hmm. and uh and then another fact that she just kind of takes out both of these fighters and, and that's one thing about this particular episode is man the uh the casualty count in this episode was pretty high pretty high so i just kind of noticed that as i was watching it man stormtroopers are going down tie fighters are going down it's uh, casualty was were high on this one but yeah what do you think mike uh she uh she won't stand out and she kind of blasts these guys out of the sky. Pretty 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 fun scene there, and seeing her re uh, reconnect with uh actually we're gonna get to that in a second. But go ahead. Yeah no I I loved it I loved the yeah. the um sort of reversal of it and that she just kind of elbows Jace. Oh she elbows yeah uh, and right, knocks right. him out yeah. um and then takes over. I yeah I mean she single handedly she takes out two other ties with without uh, her co pilot which. That's Tam. She's a good pilot. Uh, yeah. Doza, sure. uh, not Doza. Yeager should have uh, should have appreciated that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Where are we? They meet. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. meet on the racing ring, and Tam quickly embraces Kaz. Yeager and Tam's reunion isn't quite as smooth, so Kaz cuts it short. But they can't leave just yet. Tam won't leave Jace behind, and soon the First Order arrives, opening fire on their shuttle. They fly the transport out of Castellon atmosphere and zoom into space, trying to contact the Colossus. The signal is weak, however, and soon the shuttle stops moving forward. They're caught in a tractor beam. Tam suggests they try something Yeager pulled at the Battle of Jakku. And mm. after some hesitance, he finally agrees, setting the shuttle to self-destruct. Mm. Uh... Yeah, you know what? Kind of a cool scene with with Kaz and 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 Tam. Kind of, the, I, I believe this is a point where they kind of embrace, and uh, there's still that kind of like that tension with with Yeager, you know, being kind of a father figure to her. And it kind of at the end, we'll kind of get a resolution to that. But um, uh, in the hangar, Tam and Jace walk down the cargo ramp of the shuttle, hands up. Pyre deems Revora a traitor and asks her for accomplices. Though she denies that anyone else is inside the transport. Secretly, Yeager, Kaz, and their droid exit from the back of the ship and hide in the shadows. Jace, terrified of being executed, reveals the location of the Colossus, which he learned via the shuttle's flight data. As stormtroopers take Tam and Rucklin away, Kaz, Yeager, and CB-23 make a run for it. Just before the shuttle explodes, troopers... Uh, uh, troopers and tyranny open fire, chasing the rebels further into the ship. Empire orders the star destroyers to go to the bar, Besh, uh, the Barabesh system. So, uh, a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of things, a lot of action going on, Mike. With 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 them kind of going mm-hmm. the old, hey, let's go underneath. And like you said earlier, it was kind of the CB twenty three show, right? As far as yeah. him kind of doing a lot of stuff, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if not for that droid, I don't think that anybody would be alive. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's yeah. the hey. What did Princess Leia? Sorry, General yeah. Organa say, Master Organa. I, I, yeah. man, she just keeps changing titles. Yeah, I, yeah. Never underestimate a droid, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, it, it, sorry. Go ahead. You want to? Do you want to? Uh, sure. We're at the last. Uh, yeah, we'll the wrap it up. Right? In the, in the, okay, go ahead. Sure. I sure. mean, it kind of just goes right into the next episode, but 
Yeah, um, that's true. True. Uh, on the Colossus, Niku reports that they've lost the transport signal completely. Sorry, excuse me. Tora wants to investigate, but her father prefers to wait for a response. Vanessa, his wife, pressures Doza, saying, and if they don't respond, Emmanuel? The captain looks forward, pondering the difficult decision he must make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fight or flight. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> while Agent Turney and Commander Pyre continue to hunt the messing rebels, Yeager, Kaz, and CB-23 rescue Tam. But the First Order knows of the whereabouts of the Colossus and is en route to destroy the massive ship once and for all. So they find out, actually, through uh, Jace. He's the one that kind of sells out uh, or sells the Colossus out. Uh, he, uh, you know, obviously, earlier he kind of overhears what's going on. So he's kind of the, the heel in this one. Um, and yeah, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> uh, yeah, on the Colossus, Tora debates the situation with her father. Captain Doza finally decides that they cannot sit still while their friends suffer and calls everyone to Aunt Z's to explain the risk of what he wants to do. Desperate to help the Colossus, uh, Tam has an idea. If they can get to engineering, she can send a subspace frequency to warn their friends. After what I've done, it's the least I can do, she says. Yeah, she's got the plan, right? She has the plan to alert the Colossus that the First yeah. Order <clears throat> is coming. And we get... Um, a really cool scene here with kind of the uh, I don't know it was kind of, almost kind of like a Rise of Skywalker moment when just regular people show up they're kind of like a call to arms here uh, at Aunt Z's Doza addresses the citizens of the Colossus I'm asking you to help our friends he says many bristle at the suggestion feeling it's too dangerous to get involved the rebels finally reach the engineering level and soon contact the Colossus after Kaz and Tam warn everyone at Aunt Z's of the impending danger and tell them to get to safety, the denizens instead realize they need to act. For our friends, Sonora exclaims. Following their transmission, stormtroopers drive the rebels into the hangar bay. There they find Pyre waiting, and a gold armor commander captures a small group, but CB-23, undetected, <clears throat> stays behind. So yeah, this is like the call, like I said, Doza makes this call to the people of the Colossus, and Cam, Kaz warns the Colossus, you know, uh, that you know, hey, save, he even says like, save yourselves, and the people of the Colossus agree, finally agree to help. And I think, you know, obviously, it's that point where they're seeing Kaz kind of sacrifice, and even Tam kind of makes a plea to them and says, hey, save yourselves. Uh, ultimately, the uh, the citizens kind of rally around them and uh, are actually getting ready to help. Like I said, kind of like that Rise of Skywalker moment when just the people show up. So, mm-hmm. kind of a cool moment for the uh, patrons. Or the people of the uh, the Colossus to, to get involved. Uh, so go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Doza readies Jade Squadron in the Aces, while Tierney and Pyre hold the Rebels on the bridge. When they come out of hyperspace at the Barabesh system, Kaz is shocked to see that the Colossus is still there. The Colossus fighters meet the First Order head-on, with Vanessa Doza commanding that they target the Star Destroyer's engines. The powerful craft shields are too strong, however, and the First Order readies a boarding party. Um, yeah, I, it, this is so great because I, I love that Vanessa is a character that we've gotten to know over the course of this season. Um, they could have kind of crafted this character in any number of ways, but the fact that she's a resistance squadron leader, um, but she is also... Tora's mother and and Captain Doza's wife means mm-hmm. that she is she's intrinsically connected to the Colossus. So 
this is where like we're kind of seeing the intersection of of our colossus family and and the resistance and and where that that syncs up and yeah sure um and it also gives us the ability for kaz yeager and tam to have have their adventure aboard the star destroyer but we're not left without a leader for the 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 fighter squadron for for the aces and and the resistance squadron so because obviously like like doza is like she's the best qualified to do it she's probably even better qualified than mm. than yeager right who would i think be be the next yeah. person that you would think of so um mm. yeah it's uh yeah I, I i i really like that that dynamic of it that uh but that's how we're gonna do this. Did you notice that they also there some of the um, some of the pirate ships are used in the battle? Um, I did not see that because the really because because the the pirates just did they even did they even leave on the galleon or did they did they take something else? I'd have to go back and watch that episode no, they, again. Yeah, I remember she 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 lets them have the galleon and they just kind of take off. Yeah, and it doesn't really say like where they went. They just kind of they're just kind of gone. Yeah, they just kind of they kind of leave. Yeah, she kind of lets them go basically. Yeah, so they they um, also had all of those fighters, right? And so yeah, a couple yeah. of the uglies are in this in this battle, um, mm. or at least I mean, like I noticed at least one. Yeah. Maybe that's Sinara. I I don't know. It's that could be Sinara. Yeah, yeah. I should maybe watch it again and see if I can pick that out. But uh, um, yeah. but I did appreciate that that little detail was there. That it was like okay, these these ships are still there. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, CB twenty three makes her way to the con to a console and deactivates the Star Destroyer shields. Jade Squadron and the Aces pummel the ship's thrusters while Doza fires all cannons. In the resulting chaos, Kaz, Yeager, and Tam overpower their captors, blasting the vessel's controls and escaping. So yeah, you know, it's it's you know, here we got really cool stuff with um basically the Colossus is there and they're there to fight. You know, it's there to it's there to to, to help out. And you know, you got Jade Squadron and the aces up there. Uh grossly outnumbered. This th- like you said, this this battle had that moment where it's just like it's just ultimate chaos and they're kind of like return of the jedi when you get that shot just there's just things everywhere but yeah it was just total chaos total outnumbered but you know you got the a squad or you got the aces and and j squad were kind of doing some doing some work and it was really cool uh go ahead uh in space the battle rages and stormtroopers board the colossus kaz eager tam and cb23 make it back to the star destroyer's hangar but pyre soon spots them they exchange fire, and an errant blast causes a large explosion, with debris pinning Kaz to the ground. Pyre stalks closer, ready to destroy the young pilot, but CB-23 stops him. Calling on all his strength, Kaz pulls himself free and delivers a knockout blow to Pyre. So is this is this the moment that... There's a moment where, where CB-23 gets blasted, right? Yeah, that's it. This is it. This is it, yeah. And um, yeah. I said to Crystal, she wasn't really watching. She was kind of doing something else in the room while I was while, while I was finishing this up. And uh, and I was like, oh, are they gonna take out CB twenty three? It's like I was like, that would be the only <laughs> casualty really of the series. Yeah. Um, and it's a droid, and that would be a shame. <laughs> yeah. I, I but then CB twenty three ends up, you know, pulling through, and everything. But but it that was kind of the thing. My only real problem with 
this these final two episodes. My only major problem is that like we didn't lose anybody. Mm. Right? Like Yeah, I, I was waiting for it too. I was waiting. I thought someone was gonna go. Yeah. I honestly yeah. think that like we probably should have lost one of the aces in the battle. Um and if I if I if I gotta pick one, I'm gonna say either Bo Keevil, who I thought was gonna be my favorite, but who is just a non character. Mm-hmm. Um he just looks cool and always crashes his ship. Um mm. Or Griff, maybe? Uh no, I like Griff. Okay. It would have been. I think Griff would have could have had a cool end if that were the case. Sure. But yeah. I think probably um, Freya, who again is a bit of a non-character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're talking, you're looking at more non-characters more than than a character like Griff who had kind of a past yeah. with the First Order that could have had you know this nice little circle of kind of going out. Yeah, he could could have definitely sacrificed himself. You're probably right from a narrative perspective. That's probably the the strongest of the aces to Mm -hmm. lose is like, okay, if we lost Griff and it was like if he sacrificed himself to save them, uh, to save somebody, you know, uh, giving them the chance to defeat the First Order, that would have made up for, I mean, that would have been kind of a, he is a redeemed character already. I don't sure. think that's yeah, yeah. a question, yeah. but it right. definitely would have been a thing of like, like in that, yeah, he may have, he may have served the empire for a time, but in the end he was a hero, mm-hmm. right? He was a yeah. good man. He was a, he was a hero. Um, again, if we spent more time with the aces in general over the course of the series and got to know them and they mattered, then then we'd have more choices there but we really <laughs> yeah. only got to know three of them with tora uh griff and uh and hype they're really the only ones that we got to know so yeah anyways yeah yeah and cb23 again he's 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 doing work right she here. she cb23 she, is, a, is, is a female yeah Female's he, right. she she uh obviously saves Cast from certain death. I mean, yep. Pyre had that executioner type blade weapon, uh, and it was going to take him out. So CB twenty three saving the day. Uh, the citizens of the Colossus hold their own against the forces of the First Order. While on the Star Destroyer, Tyranny receives a transmission from Kylo Ren. The First Order does not tolerate the weak, Agent Tyranny. He says. Suddenly, Tyranny struggles to breathe, grasping at her collar as Ren unleashes his final punishment wow so you know i wasn't it wasn't necessarily like super clear on mm-hmm. on him choking her but it's now that i think about it, it's like yeah she force choked him or he force choked her and before we, they, we we cut away just as yeah, the yeah. the star destroyer explodes yeah but i think i think that's because that's a disney channel thing they're not going to show her die no on no, no. screen yeah. Right, yeah. it has to be an implied death, because um, yeah. yeah. it is a like it's it's not even so much that the show is a kids show, but the network that the show is on is a kids network. Yeah, um, I was gonna say yeah, like I said earlier, the the, the casualty count was pretty high. So, yeah. but but the actual yeah, I totally yeah. get you there. But then, um, yeah, yeah, I I gotta I gotta shout out all of the 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 sort of little moments on the on the Colossus the. Um, with with the security droids and then i i with with op pit and his and his floor yeah. cleaner taking yeah. out the the stormtrooper and then aunt z being a just total badass that's funny that you say that because i have written that same thing down it's like the citizens fighting back and the stuff i wrote was like aunt z was going like full terminator mode you know yeah. just 
blasting op pitts using his floor polisher to trip you know and which i can't is, remember the which one it, guy. like that's a that that's a that's fulfillment of an arc for that character sure yeah because, exactly because exactly. if you remember when the first order took over the colossus towards the end of season one they took away his floor cleaner it was a big <laughs> yeah. deal yeah it for was that a big character. deal to him yeah, we exactly. talked about it on the show because it was like because he was so bummed out and it was like oh come on man exactly. he just wants to clean those floors that's all he that's this is his joy in life is cleaning the floors of the colossus um so it was nice to see him get a little bit of revenge and uh fulfill his heroic <laughs> duty um, yeah yeah uh, that that is probably my favorite moment in the season fina- series finale if not one of my favorite in the whole series yeah, no, no, exactly, and 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 you're right. That riding, riding around that, just to 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 put that in the end as far yeah. as OPP, you know, it's just, I mean, that's pretty smart stuff, it, right there. It it goes to show that, like I like I've been saying tonight, like despite the sort of rockiness of the show in general, and and it not necessarily always being what I wanted it to be, um, there's a good show here. Right, and the, the yeah. show that I want is somewhere underneath this. Um, but but the show is good because I do care about these characters. I care about these side characters. I care about about Flix and Orca. It was really great to see them come back in this episode. Yeah, they're there. Yeah. Um, we've gotten to know. Not in depth, but we do. We are familiar with these other characters on the Colossus. Um, it's just I, like I say, it, the show just hasn't been what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a serious tone, and a little like honestly, a little bit less focused on Kaz, and a little bit more on the citizens of the Colossus and the Aces. Um, just a, a little bit more of an ensemble show and a little bit less sort of mm. his story. Mm. Um, because on it, like, cause we said this last week, I think, or maybe two, a couple weeks ago when I guess it was a couple weeks ago when he said he was going to leave and, and Yeager was like, you know, you've really, you've really come a long way. Mm. And, and for me, it's like, has he, I don't think that he has. I think that he is very much the same character that we started with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the other characters around him have come a long way, right? I think that like Sinara, I uh, was, yeah, and he doesn't, ha- he doesn't necessarily have to have come a long way because one of the points of Kaz's character is that he is an influence on those around him. His, um, sort of hopefulness, his, his, um, uh, earnestness, very much like Luke Skywalker, um, his sort of like naivete at, 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 um, always, always wanting to do the right thing, no matter what, Mm -hmm. um, like all, those are all really admirable qualities that rub off on other characters. They, they rub off on Sayonara and she ends up becoming one of our heroes. They rub off on hype and he goes from being self-centered to caring about his friends again. Right. Like, and that, that's a great aspect of that character, but it's almost (laughs) like it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of just a little bit too much under the surface. It's a little bit too subtextual. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, It could have been a little bit more clear, I think for the audience. I think, I think you're right. 
uh, as far as like character arcs, I was certainly, you know, someone like Tam or even like you said, Sonara have had a greater, I would say a greater character arc, obviously, yeah. than someone like Cass, who already came in. You know, he was a, he was with the um, not the New Republic, but the uh, um, isn't it? Yeah, no, he was a he was a New Republic pilot. New Republic pilot, yeah. yeah. So he kind of already had the the ideas, and 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 switching over to the Resistance wasn't a great leap. Um, I I don't think so. Yeah, I no. definitely think. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll. You want to finish it out? I guess. Yeah, this is this is the last one. This is our last paragraph of Star Wars Resistance. <clears throat> uh, here we go. Vanessa leads one more pass on the Star Destroyer's engines as Kaz, Yeager, Tam, and CB twenty three speed away in a transport. Explosions erupt throughout the Star Destroyer, culminating in a blinding blast that destroys the vaunted ship. The Colossus has won. Back on the Colossus, everyone gathers at Aunt Z's. Tam raises a drink to Kaz, toasting to Team Fireball. Or better yet, Aunt Z replies, Team Colossus. As the crowd echoes her sentiments, Yeager, Tam, Niku, and Kaz sit together, their small family whole once more. Um, and then moments later, a call comes in from Poe Dameron saying, <laughs> wait a minute, we need your help. You, exactly. I got another mission for you, Tam, uh, Tam, uh, Kaz. Kaz yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and Kaz says, Oh, you need me. And then Poe goes, no, I need your squadron. And then <laughs> wait a minute. star Wars resistance. Uh, sorry, that didn't happen. Um, Did you get the extra cut? Was yeah, there like got, a director's the, cut yeah, or something? I got the director's cut. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing that. No, I, I, you know that's what? how I wish the series ended. I hey, everything yeah. about this was like I was like awesome, 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 great, great, great. This is better than Rise of Skywalker space battle. I literally said that to my wife at one point. I was like, I can't believe this. Um, <laughs> and then everything's wrapping up. We're getting there. And then we basically freeze frame on the three characters on Tam, Kaz, and Niku. Mm-hmm. And uh and I guess Yeager is there as well. And and I'm like, that's it? Yeah. We're done? I had this, yeah, I hear you. So anyway. I, I had the same sentiment too. Like I, you know, I'm watching it going, okay, cool ending. You know, we got some tie, tied up some loose ends. Tam's back. Everything's cool. You know, she's welcome back. And I'm waiting for that. I'm almost waiting for that epilogue, mm-hmm. kind of like we got with with Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that could have been a beautiful thing they could have done, is showing them going out to help the resistance. Like you said, getting the call from Poe. I, I just, I, I feel like I wanted something like. Is that how you're gonna end it? It was it, kinda like it needed uh, one more beat. It felt gosh, unfinished. Yeah, yeah, it did. It felt it like did. a really great end to a season, but not a really great end to a series. Series, yeah. Because like it's just like okay, so they defeat like Kylo Ren still wants the Colossus. He has more Star Destroyers. Yeah. Right. Like like it's this is this can't be the end of their adventure. Um. And yet it is, and that like this kind of just says to me that like this is, this is this the series got cut short. They they I think that they did a really good job of giving us a final episode, but at the same time, it's very clear to me that like there was there was more story to tell here. The these characters had had more, um, and uh, yeah, I, here let's get it. Let's get into our mailbag. We haven't okay, we haven't sure. really had yeah. much of a mailbag in a while. 
Um, but, uh, but I did, I did send out some stuff on social media, kind of asking for feedback and, uh, and we got a few hits on Instagram. So, um, here we go. Uh, Matt Stout on over on Instagram says, I liked it, but, uh, couldn't help but wish it was a mid season finale followed mm. by the back half of a season where they were actually part of the resistance. Yeah. Also kind of wish the force kids or the archeologist lady had mattered at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and that's kind of it, right? Is that like. Kaz's story is fine because it never really had a beginning, middle, or end. It just was. Um, Tam's story is wrapped up nicely. So Yeager's aspect of that story wraps up nicely. We've defeated Tyranny. We've defeated Pyre. We defeated Von Reg last season. So all of our major villains are gone. Um, and yet, like, we do still have sort of these dangling threads of, like, who were these kids? Yeah. Who was this woman? What, what? How were they going to be connected? How is this all connected to the Force and the Jedi and blah, 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 to the larger Star Wars galaxy? We never got that. But, um, I mean, that's something that I think we talked about over and over throughout the course of the series. Mm-hmm. So, it's it, – and that's not what this show was about. So, like, I kind of get that. But at the same time, it's like, why introduce these characters at all if you're not going to – explore these ideas yeah right. no, well with the kids that's the biggest one i think is is they really it seemed like they were going somewhere with this mm-hmm. um you know and it wasn't like they were just in one episode they were in a few episodes and you know they were seemed like, like i said there seemed like there was something deeper going on there and then they just to totally drop off the map and never see him again or hear from him uh it was a little it was a little interesting like okay kind of scratch your head like all right like guess that didn't really mean anything so i get what he's saying what matt Stout's saying here yeah uh we talked about that before um here we uh, what's the next one yeah, yeah a couple more uh, uh amard pen sorry if i mispronounced your name uh every episode was unbelievably cool the finale was action-packed and heartwarming and then along the same lines ahsoka x tano and these these guys are all on on twitter i uh, tweeted at, uh, on, not on twitter on instagram I commented, I loved it with a crying emoji and uh, a heart emoji. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, and this is the, this is, this is, I think the biggest takeaway from the whole thing. Maybe the series wasn't for us necessarily. Yeah. But obviously it, it mattered to a lot of other people. And that's Uh, good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like it's, it's a worthwhile show. It's good. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get back into the Clone Wars in a couple weeks. In, in, yeah, in about three, yeah. four weeks. <clears throat> yeah. But but it was definitely um, it's been an interesting ride with Star Wars Resistance. It Fr- was it frustrating has, yeah. at times, but at other times, really, really <laughs> great. Like I think overall as a series, um, uh, I do like it. I just it's not one of the ones that I'm going to go back to and rewatch. But right. but yeah. you know, so the the highs were definitely high. But and there, and I wouldn't even say that there were that many really, really low lows. Look, nothing in Star Wars Resistance is as bad as uh, uh, the droid arc in season five of the Clone Wars. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, a sunny day in the there. void is just <laughs> like that. Really, kind of takes the cake for me as as one of the just most painful um, mm. half hours of Star Wars uh, out there. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like it, 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 
the the most offensive thing that Star Wars Resistance ever did was uh, I not hold my interest for the full twenty two minutes. Right. Um, But it was never like flat out annoying to watch um, like some of those episodes of the Clone Wars were. So, you know, Blue Shadow Virus. I mean, like I I hate those that first episode of that two parter. Um, The second half is okay with the bomb squad and stuff. But that first episode, oh boy. Um, Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'll say, you know, just to wrap it up for my, my sentiments is like, yeah. obviously, like you said, had a lot of great moments, had a lot of good moments. Um, I just wanted, like, personally, I just mm-hmm. wanted more of that Star Wars sauce a little bit. And I know it's kind of asked, this is this yeah. is not what they were going for, but that's just personally. Uh, and you talked about it, you know, it's like, it's not what necessarily we really wanted. We wanted just a little bit more. Um, it, one of those things where when I, when I, I a Star Wars, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a comic or a, a TV show or a movie, it's like it's it's something that I want to go. Oh, that's on tonight. I have to watch it. Um, that just came out. I want to read it right now. Movie just came out. I'm seeing it open a day. And for this series, it just wasn't like that. It was just like, oh, I'll get to it. You know, when I get to it, uh, and that's okay. You know, it's it's fine. Um, obviously, a lot of people loved it. And that's great. And, and I'll just say this too. Um, animation was really cool a different a different thing than we're used to with clone wars and rebels so i i thought the animation was great shout out to animation the artists the voice actors um just great people it seems like uh, obviously i didn't know them but just listening to what they their interviews and on twitter and all that kind of stuff great people so they have a lot to be proud of you know i i think they uh they kind of do a lot of good stuff um so all in all uh, not exactly, uh, you know, must watch TV for me, but you got to give it props for, for what it, you know, you know, like I said, the animation, the artists, the actors and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. kudos to them for that. I guess that's it for me though. Uh, anything else? Yeah, I know. You know, I think, I think that's it. I gotta, I gotta wrap up and go watch the series finale of Arrow now. Oh, it's on right now. That's um, right. 10 minutes late. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I've got it recorded <laughs> from the East coast feed. I can watch it without oh, commercials. True. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been a ride. Like I said, it's been a ride. Yeah. Sometimes bumpy, sometimes a little bit dull, so, but, but <laughs> at times, uh, phenomenal. So, yeah, um, sure. yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade it in. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see whatever's coming next. Oh uh, yeah. I, but I, I, yeah, the, the, the this'll be my, my, my parting comment on it we are going into the final season of the clone wars um dave filoni's influence was missed on this show and i think that we were spoiled for the uh uh 10 years (laughs) of almost 10 years what what is it i guess yeah um between clone wars and uh uh rebels um definitely spoiled uh yeah just so spoiled uh, with some of the best star wars out there and then obviously that legacy continues with the mandalorian so we're lucky that we're still getting that but um i think animation needs to evolve and become something else and i think it needs a new shepherd um because he's off doing his other thing um uh which is which is great and well deserved and 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 thank goodness for that because otherwise i don't think the mandalorian would be as good as it is um 
but uh, but yeah, he is missed. His influence is uh, present, but not as palpable as it was when when he was directly responsible. So, um, yeah. Uh, with that, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to everybody who stuck with us, even if uh, resistance wasn't necessarily your cup of tea. Um, that, that really means a lot. Uh, all of the people that, that stuck with it, um, or watched it just to, uh, to interact with us. Cause I know that there was at least a few of you out there. Um, thank you to everybody who's joined <coughs> along and, and supported us on Patreon over the last few years. Um, we're not going anywhere. We're taking a brief break. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. Um, I guess, I guess from now, right. Cause we got, uh, uh, one, two, and then three. So four weeks from the release of this episode, okay. basically in almost a month. Yeah. So from the 29th to the 26th of February. So we'll be back around the 26th, I think, cause we'll, we'll mm-hmm. probably keep the same release schedule. Um, cause that's pretty convenient. I, yeah. uh, I, uh, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be back with, uh, with, with our commentary on, um, on on the first new episode of Star Wars the Clone Wars in several years <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah man how how much better could that be so great finale to Star Wars resistance congratulations to the team congratulations on all the awards that they've won over the years um, mm. and uh, uh, well deserved um, definitely yeah. and uh and 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 thank you for for giving us some fun star wars adventures in in the midst of everything else we've been getting in the last few years uh but that is it for this week's episode thank you guys for listening as always you can stay up to date with all the latest star wars <laughs> animation news by heading to rebelcells.com uh you can also follow us on facebook and uh twitter at rebels podcast uh soon to be at rebel cells uh, and over on Instagram at Rebel Cells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can follow Matt at The Crankster. That's Crankster with a K. We're a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to Thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. And second, by going to patreon.com slash thunderquacking, kicking in with your monthly pledge of support and getting some cool rewards in the process. Thank you to everybody who does support us again. And uh, big changes coming over at Thunderquack um, now that these two series are done. And uh, I will be devoting a little bit more time into the Thunderquack podcast. Um, in fact, that will be like the Thunderquack podcast. And then I. Uh, Rebel Cells, when we've got animated content, faster, more intense when we don't. Um, and then when the Marvel stuff starts dropping later this year, we'll have our new podcast, Nuff Said, uh, uh, which is our MCU podcast where we'll talk about uh, um, the, uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So awesome. um, look Good forward stuff. to that stuff. And if those all work out, then look forward in 2021. Uh, with everybody's support to uh, to a DC podcast coming in there as well. Um, 
I'm hoping that they turn those movies around <laughs> and then I have something to podcast about. That's worthwhile. That's fun. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can, you can interact with us on social media and, uh, and uh, uh, join us in, in our Patreon group. If you're a Patreon supporter uh, over on Facebook and talk about star Wars and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and if you're not, I don't know why you would be tuning out cause star Wars resistance is done, but not tuning in back in when we do clone wars, but on the odd chance that you're not, we, I will be at star Wars celebration. Matt, you are more than likely going to be at star Wars celebration. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, hopefully if, if you guys are, uh, the, list, the listeners are going to be at star Wars celebration, we can, uh, hang out and, uh, and, and chat about star Wars in person, um, and uh, get excited for everything new coming in uh-huh. the next few years. Um, that's it. That's a wrap on Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye.